Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. We are really glad, like John mentioned, that, that you guys are here uh, to worship with us uh, this morning. Um, we are in the middle of a series called uh, Decades, and I'm going to be continuing on that today. Uh, over the last three weeks, we've had some different uh, people speak, and I just wanted to express my appreciation to them. Um, I haven't spoken uh, in three weeks, and I had some guys that have filled in for me, and I really appreciate that, because sometimes when you speak week after week, you get a sense in which you just don't ever attend church without speaking. And so last week, it's like I woke up, and I was like, what do you do in the morning? Like, you eat breakfast, and it's like you got a little time. And this morning, I was reminded, like, I don't have as much time now, and I have to engage my mind and think about what I'm going to say. Uh, but I really appreciate the break. Um, Jeep Underwood spoke last week. Uh, on the decades, on the 30s, and John Rickert the week before, uh, on the 20s, and uh, the week before that, Thad Lanthrop from our Diamond Bar campus wrapped up our Box Office Wisdom series. So I'm really thankful uh, to those men. Uh, like I mentioned, we're continuing uh, the Decades series today, and it's really a series uh, that is kind of looking over chapters of life. And we're kind of in an age and in a time where labels sometimes... Uh, cause concern for us, like we don't want to be labeled. Uh, we kind of want to be kind of independent and free of labels. Uh, but there's kind of a label that we always have, and that's our age. You can lie and you can do a lots of things to appear not to be the age you are, but the bottom line is you are how old you are. Right? You can't fake your age. It's where you are. It's how many years that you've been on this earth. But the thing about age is, depending on the age you are, and specifically depending on the decade that you find yourself in, uh, there's some things that you need to focus on. And there's some things that you need to pursue and watch out for at the same time. And so I wanted to kind of show you the image for this series and launch off of that as just a way of a review. So as you can see here, uh, you can see the image, and this represents the different decades that we've been talking about. This is done by... Ian Dale, this image, he does most of our images for our series and artwork and images. uh, And Ian, sorry, is a a fantastic artist. And in this, he really kind of displayed what we're talking about in this series. And so we started off talking about training. And you'll see the man uh, there sitting uh, with his kind of back against the glass, reading a book. And he's got books down on. And that represents the 20s, which is a time of training. It's kind of learning uh, about how life is supposed to go. And we kicked off the series talking about how your 20s are crucial for training, specifically spiritual training, how you actually learn how God has designed life to work and the beginning to learn how you can kind of step in line with his design. And that takes getting to know God. It takes studying him and his ways. The reason that's important is because the next phase, you'll see the next man that's up on this foundation. So if the 20s are your training, it's building kind of a foundation that you can actually build your life on. And that's what this next man is doing. And that the man that's on that concrete foundation that's on that pole there is he represents the building. And that's what your 30s are for. And that's what Jeet talked about last week. The 30s are taking all that you've learned about how God has designed life to work. And now implementing in how you're going to build your own life based on that. So it's really knowing life, what's important, what's not, what to focus on, what not what to pursue, what to avoid, and then you begin to build. And Jeep last week talked about building really comes in the decisions that we make in life. The decisions about the kind of career we're going to pursue, 
the kind of family we're going to have, what we're going to give our time to, what we're going to give our resources to. We build our life based on our decisions. And the way we make good decisions is based on our prior training. That's why the 20s are important. And so really the 20s and 30s are a time of learning and building, learning and building and making decisions. Today we're talking about the 40s. Now, as you can see, the 40s, the man is is up on the roof. But what you notice is he should be a little concerned because while he's on the roof, what's right under him? A fire. And the 40s is actually about enduring in life. You're going to experience fires and pressure and heat like you never have in life. And so the 40s is really about enduring. So as I was kind of preparing for this message, I'm not in my 40s yet, but I'm close. Each day I get closer. So it's kind of like I'm up on the ladder and I kind of sense there's probably fire there, but I'm not I don't see it yet. That's kind of how I feel. There's heat, but I may not see the fire. Well, the 40s. Really, when you look at it in life, like the 20s, is like, man, it's training, it's learning. And then the 30s, is like it's building, you're creating something. And then the 40s, the focus is to endure. It begins to not be as motivating. Right. Like survive your 40s. I can't wait. Right. It's kind of not as compelling as the other. But enduring in life is as important as any of the other focuses that we need to have. Because if you don't endure, then it doesn't last. And so that's really what the 40s is about, enduring for the right things. And that's, that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today. But the, the idea of to endure, I just want to define that. Uh, the dictionary says, says this. To endure is to continue to exist in the same state or condition. So it just it's, you're staying the same. It's continuing. Then it goes on to experience pain or suffering for a long time. And then the third kind of nuance of that is to deal with or accept something unpleasant. Now, I don't know if that could be voted like the most popular word of the day, right? It's kind of like you're going to experience trouble and it's going to last a long time, but you need to hang in there. That's what it means to endure. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be pain. There's going to be a lot of heat. There's going to be fires. Hang in there. And that really is what the 40s are about. In fact, as they've done studies of people and men and women, uh, mostly in this country, you find that there's some things that people experience called midlife crisis. I'm sure you've, you've heard of that. There's a reason that midlife crisis occurs from around age 37 to 45. It's because in the midst of the fire, there's a crisis of, I don't like fire. I don't like heat. I need to do some things to turn down the heat in my life. And oftentimes that leads to some decisions which represent an escape from the pressures of life. And so really the midlife crisis that people experience and people wrestle with is based on what this decade is all about in your 40s. It's enduring hard things. And the nagging question at this time in life in your 40s is, am I going to keep going Or am I going to bail out? Am I going to keep going or or am I going to to bail out? So I want to just describe why is the 40s this period? Why is it something that you you must endure? So I just want to walk through the seasons of this. Now, 
Here's kind of what happens when you start talking about 40. If you're 39, you're saying, I don't even need to listen to this because I'm not 40. If you're 20, you're thinking, I'm so far from that. And if you're in your 40s, you're like, (laughs) that's me. If you're in your 50s and 60s, you remember like, man, I still have some scars from that, right? Here's the idea. This isn't just a pinpoint, this is your age and stage, so only pay attention if you're there. This is principles. And so while each of these decades is like a chapter in the story of your life, there's principles no matter what your stage you're in. So I hope whether you're past your 40s, in your 40s, not quite there yet, kind of look at what these principles mean and maybe some things that you can begin to start thinking about in your in your own life. So here here's kind of how the pressure begins to, to mount for those in their 40s. For those in their 40s, they, they've been at work for, you know, 15 to 20 years investing in their work. And oftentimes when you're investing in your work for 15 or 20 years, you're thinking like, I'm ready for like some fruit of the 15 and 20 years that I've given to my job. But oftentimes in your 40s, you don't see the fruit yet. All you see is the labor, the hard work, the sweat, the grind. And so you begin to wonder, is, is the investment that I've made in my work going to ever pay off? So it really kind of begins to be a pressure. Is this going to pay off? In family life, if you're a mom and you're in your 40s, your kids are beginning to become more and more independent and potentially they're beginning to leave the home. And the question in your 40s as a mom and as a dad is, are my kids going to live the way that we raise them? That's a big question. Are they going to actually live in the way that we hope that they live? Are they going to make decisions that will be good for them? What are they going to do when they experience conflict? What will they do when they experience pain? This really begins to heat up more and more in your 40s because your kids are now starting to launch out. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of unknown. Lots of things you can't know. Uh, in church and ministry, oftentimes in your 40s, the way it works in church life and in life in general is if you're faithful with things and you do well, and you handle your responsibility, do you know what the reward is for being faithful? You get more. So if you're faithful with your work, your reward is more work. And that makes a lot of sense. But if you've been faithful for years and years and years, and you keep getting more and more work and more and more work and more and more responsibilities, whether it's at work or whether it's in the church, by your 40s, you actually are probably... Handling a heavy load. There's a lots of things that you may be responsible for. There's many people that you may be caring for. There's many people you may be trying to serve, maybe trying to help. And the 40s is kind of a period where your work is an investment. And to get ahead, you have to work even harder. Because you look back and things change. And you've got guys and women in their 20s and 30s that are now coming onto the scene. And they have more energy than you. So then you have to work harder to keep the pace. And you have to work harder to get ahead. So all these things begin to rage at this time. And so this idea of enduring is kind of like you're pulled in multiple directions. Now, we use that phrase a lot, but have you ever been pulled in multiple directions, like physically? Like, I have young kids, so occasionally I experience a tug of war where it's like one kid has one arm and one kid has the other. And they're actually not meant to go separate ways. But when you're pulled in different directions, it's like, I hope that stays attached 
And on top of that, speaking of being pulled in many directions, when you get in your 40s, your body, who used to be a friend because it did what you told it to, is no longer a friend. It can become a foe. It breaks down. You get tired more. So all the pressure that you're facing is now compounded on the fact that physically you're, you're just more tired out. So all this leads to this idea of this is what's going on for people most of the time from like late 30s to late 40s. This, this whole experience. And that's why enduring is so important because all these things compound and lay on the shoulders of people in this stage of life. That's why it's crucial that the training happens in their 20s because it's perspective. shows the right priorities, the right commitments to make. That's why it's really important in your 30s to build in the right way. Because if you build in the right way, when the pressure comes, like any structure, what's built well will withstand it. It will stand. In your 40s, you begin to see now the quality of life that you have. The fire begins to burn away and you see kind of what's left. Now, if that's like not the most like encouraging message you've ever heard, it's like, let's go home and just cry ourselves to sleep. But this stage is actually really important. I kind of want to explain why this is. But the nagging question at this stage is, do I have anything left to offer? As you're being pulled in these multiple directions and your energy is being drained and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving in family life and work life and ministry, everything in your life. Do I have anything left to give? So all this weighs really heavy on all of us in this stage when you're in it. It's just, do I have anything left? So you begin in the midlife crisis to kind of think like, well, I got to figure out a new, a new look. I got to get younger. And so midlife crisis is all about getting younger. And we live in a youth culture. The younger you are, it seems like you have more to offer. The younger you look, the better you look, right? I don't know the last time you've been in a grocery store and you've ever looked at the front of magazines, but when was the last time you saw like an old person with gray hair? Like, you know, fashion show. Have you ever seen that? No. That doesn't sell magazines. So we're like the antithesis to age, right? It's younger, younger, younger. So when you get in your 40s and all this stuff is just compounding and pounding, the thing you're thinking is, how do I recapture the youth, the good old days? So the midlife crisis is is a real thing. It's a real pull because it it offers like an escape and offers a way out of of the pressure. And so picking up new lifestyles, picking up new looks, this is something that's our way of dealing with the pressure that we experience. But here's the thing. The good news is a midlife crisis or changing the way you look, that doesn't really solve the issue of this time. Because this is the phase of life that we actually need to learn from, not escape from. So here's the goal of the 40s. It's keeping the right priorities and enduring in faith. So in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of the heat, and the fires of all the different aspects of your life, The goal is to keep the right priorities. And you do that by enduring in faith. Jesus, when he came to earth, he dealt with many people. And one of his messages was always dealing with people where they're at, their worries, their concerns, 
the things that were literally pulling them in different directions like we're talking about today. But he always came and he gave just a picture of really how to, in light of everything, keep the right priorities. And you may have heard this, but he said this in Matthew 6. Uh, He's talking about what people worry about. He's talking about the things that concern people. Whether it be money, whether it be relationships, all those things. And he gives this preface and he says, but first seek or seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And this is really a key verse that kind of sets precedence of what are you supposed to do in the midst of life when it's swirling around you? No matter where you are, there's things that you have that are concerning you. There's pressures that you're experiencing right now. There's things that are stressing you out. Uh, There's things that you're concerned about. Uh, If you have young kids, you're kind of wondering how things are going. If you're in a relationship with somebody, you're kind of trying to figure out where you guys are. If it's a dating relationship, especially if it's a friendship, you're always trying to figure out, are we on the same page? Are we communicating the right ways? And there's just all sorts of components that just pull us and worry us and concern us. And Jesus said, in the midst of all this, the things that pull us in different directions, we have to make sure that we keep the right priorities. And Jesus laid it out there. The right priority is his kingdom. That is what you're supposed to seek first. So really the picture is, out of everything that's pulling you, you have to make sure that it's actually pulling you in the right direction of the things that matter to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that everything we experience, the pressures have to make sure they're pulling us into the right direction of the things that actually matter to God. You see this echoed again and again in Scripture. The priorities. Keeping the things that matter to God as first in your life. Because it's easy when you're younger to say that's important. In your 20s, you kind of have no limit of what you think you can do. And if you're a Christ follower, you have no limit of what you kind of want God to do with your life. In your 30s, you begin to plan for that. And then in your 40s, sometimes the brakes start and you start thinking, how is this all going to work? There's a passage in 1 Peter which kind of gives kind of what this season is about, the fire of life. What is it about? It says this in 1 Peter 1. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So he's talking to a group of people in the early church that they knew what trials were. They actually really lived the fire of life. They were Christ followers in a time when Christ followers were persecuted, misunderstood, attacked, ostracized. So they understood. They experienced the fire. So this is kind of no matter what stage, whatever fire you experience, it causes us to grieve. So we can be grieved by trials. That's that's natural. He goes on, he says, so that the tested genuineness, genuineness of your faith, so the testing of your faith, which happens by the fire, is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So at the beginning, I kind of talked about The stages. And you go from training to building to enduring. At first glance, the idea of enduring seems like that's the last thing I want to do. Because that kind of seems like it's going to be difficult. Or it's going to have pain. But what the scripture is saying 
The enduring is actually where the most growth comes from. So in your 40s, oftentimes you can experience more about how God is real than any other stage that you've experienced before. Why? Because you're desperate. The heat is on. The weight is on you. And you're trying to figure out if you're going to be able to stand under this. And so it's kind of a period where it really kind of sifts through just like fire does. Fire burns away the things that are not pure, right? This idea of the gold. The fire doesn't burn the gold, but it kind of sifts the impurities. So what's left is something that's precious. The same is true in our life. In our 40s, the fire God uses as a way to burn off the things that are not helpful to our lives. We may know they're there, we may not know they're there, but the fire has a way of burning off the things that are not important. And I don't know about you, but I'm willing to endure different things, but I'm going to endure the things that really matter, right? If something's hard, I'm probably not going to do it if I, I don't care about it, right? That's life. We endure for what we care about. And that's a truth about this stage. And that's why it's really important. What we endure for actually shows what we stand for, right? What we're willing to sacrifice for, what we're willing to kind of experience pain for, what we're willing to experience just work for and more work and more work and more work shows what we really stand for. And that's what the 40s reveals. As the fire gets turned up, you get to see firsthand what you stand for. And that's a great opportunity because it gives you a chance to really see what really matters. This happens again and again. Um, I want to invite uh, Chris Clower to, to just share some of the experiences he's faced really in his 40s. Uh, Chris is in his late 40s. And the meeting with Chris, he's, he's a group leader here at Church in the Valley. And he's been a longtime member of our church and uh, contributes a lot. He works in our kids zone as well. Uh, building into the, the next generation. But really over the last uh, year to two years to three years, Chris has really experienced uh, some, some of these fires. And so I wanted you just to hear firsthand of some of the things that he's been experiencing in his life and, and what God has, has been teaching him. And so, uh, Chris, thank you for, for being willing to share. Um, why don't you kind of just introduce people to just what's been kind of happening in your life the last couple years yeah i'm many of you may know me uh i have uh, three daughters just have a had a son come into the world and so we're excited about that he's four months now and um started a new venture i i uh just started a uh, franchise business a dental fix is what's the name of it and uh, repairing dental equipment so we've had a lot going on just startup also a lot of building in our family so been a lot going on over the last couple years so you, you've kind of your your family's been expanding and you transitioned from one career to really starting a new business. And so what would you say has been the kind of so we've been talking about enduring? What are the things that you've been having to endure through in the midst of that over the last few years? Well, it's funny sitting through what Alex was talking about is just a reality. It, um, the 40s, um, I started thinking about how, you know, somebody said one time that the 20s is like learning the ropes. Uh, the 30s is uh, learning how to use the ropes, and then the 40s is hanging on for dear life, you know, hanging on to the ropes. And, I, and that picture I got was like you're, you're going up this mountain, 
probably about a tilt like this. And you've got this pack on your back, and you're, and you're down to your knees on the ground going, okay, I'm going I'm to make this thing. And you've got ropes you're hanging on to trying to keep this pack on your back. Sometimes that feels that way. Um, and especially the last couple of years, um, you know, we've had some setbacks there, you know, um, that were very difficult. Uh, Sherry had a miscarriage, and, and then shortly after, I, I lost my job. And, and I was like, oh, what next, God, you know? Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I found that God really came through. And um, so one of the keys, well, before I jump into the keys, I'm just going to let you know, you know, one of the things that I felt is just a lot of resistance. There's just a lot of resistance. When the pressure comes up, like Alex was talking about, you feel discouraged. You feel like, oh, man, is this really the question for me was, is this really heading somewhere? Where am I going with all this? Is this worth it? Um, and I will say, you know, looking back in my 20s and 30s, the things that I invested myself that God really showed me I need to invest in really um, made it worthwhile to stick in there because you have more at stake of what you're losing. All the investment you've made in seeking God, trying to find out what this whole thing is all about. But anyway, as you as you have this resistance, you're always thinking in the back of your mind, man, this pressure is killing me. I think I just want to bail. I, I do want to get out of here. And so I've had, there's been thoughts where I've had to just say, you know what? Um, I, I know this is not the right thing to do. God, you don't want me to bail. You don't want me to turn and just leave this responsibility. And, and a lot of times it's just put you over the edge because you've got um, other things that come up. You've got setbacks. You know, you've got um, things around the house that need to get done. You've got something breaks. Uh, your car stops. Uh, the kids want one more thing. And it's, it's that's what puts you over. It's, you know, you're at the, the, the max already at times. And, but at the same time, God's doing some great work. I can say there's been a lot of joy and it's, life is just the best it can be. But it's because, like Alex was talking about, it's the endurance part. And, you know, one of the, the scriptures that's really meant a lot this last year is John 16:33, And it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you will have peace. And he goes on to say, you know, in this world, in the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. And, and just this whole idea that, you know, God has already done it all. All I've got to do is, you know, God, turn to you and you will help me. But a lot of times that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want, right? I want to just think about what I don't have, the freedom I used to have in my 20s and 30s. I don't have that anymore. Um, responsibilities, I didn't really have any in my 20s. I could go kick the ball around the field. In fact, I thought when I was thinking through this the other day, I was like, you know what? I used to not have be able to, or I used to get on the field and even have to stretch. You know, I just go and hop on and start playing. Now when I walk to the field, I'm like, oh, I've got something cool in here. The body breaking down. So before I even get on the field. So, um, you know, don't walk around me. I don't want to trip over you. But no, you know, it's funny. It's just a different perspective um, altogether. Um, Anyway, that's just what I would say is that, you know, the resistance comes and you really have to realize that God has the answers and and. You know, lean on him for that because he's already done it all. He's he's overcome the world. He's overcome the trouble and things that we're going through, the sin patterns. You know, he's given it to him. It's just really the key. And um, I've seen it over and over again as I've just really taken seriously for what he wants to be important in my life and what he's doing. Just to give it to him, say, God, I know what you want from me. I'm just going to just going to lay it all down. And I know where you need me to be right now. 
Um, I've seen him over and over again to come through. One specifically, uh, one specific example I've had recently um, is just in my work. And, you know, starting a new business, you've got all this, these fear factors. You've got walking in, talking to new people you've never talked before, uh, trying to ask them for things you've never asked for before, learning a new uh, idea or, or about what you don't, you know, like equipment that I'm working on. I have no idea how it works some of the time. So when I walk in, I'm just, I've got this fear factor. And just realizing that, God, you know, you've set me in a direction for what I believe to be where I need to be. I'm just going to know that you know what you're doing. I'm just going to submit this thing to you and, and just walk. Just take a step. So each day is, is just going out and realizing I've just got to fulfill my responsibility provide. It's on the line, right? I've got to provide for my family. And um, I've seen him come through over and over again where I, I walk out of the office. And think, God, I don't know what just happened in there, but I didn't do this thing. I had no idea walking in what I was going to do. And you gave me the insight. You gave me the wisdom I needed to fulfill what I need to do to get this business. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. I, I was telling, we, Alex and I were talking the other day, and I was like, you know, what would it be without a life of faith? What would it be like? It would be empty. There would just be no, no nothing to life without a life of faith. And, um, you know, I just think back to Lamentations 3, how God just promises over and over again how uh, he gives us that promise of, of his love is, is, is um, so great that it'll, it'll, his compassions are always renewed every morning and that we, as we turn to him, you know, his mercies, his passions, his favor with us, it never ends because that's just who he is. And um, you can't answer that. Just, you can't. You have the words to say. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Let's give Chris a hand. What, what Chris is illustrating is it's the tension of, of life. And what he said is true. There's a part in which you don't want to, this to last uh, forever. In fact, if it could speed up, that would be really great. But the thing about age is... A, Again, a day is a day and it's always been a day, right? And you don't really know in this time of life, in any pressure in life, you actually really don't know how long it's going to last. But what Chris is describing is him deciding on the pressure is is actually not a choice he's to make. The pressure's come. His choice is, is he going to stay in the commitments and the priorities that he's decided to do? That's his choice. God's choice is the pressure. He turns that up and down based on what we need. So God can be God and we have to do our part. And that really leads to the the danger. If the goal is to keep the right priorities and endure in faith, as Chris mentioned, faith is what just keeps him upright. The danger is to uh, bail and abandon uh, responsibilities. That's the danger of this time. The idea of the midlife crisis really a lot of times is a kind of a leaving. You, you leave something to try to find something else. And that sounds appealing when you're in the fire. If anyone's to ask you, would you like to experience some cooler temperatures in your life? Less problems, less pain? We're kind of like, yes, right now. That's natural. There's a sense in which if we bail out 
from the pressure that God's put in our life, we do not learn what God wants us to learn. And God's a good God. He'll continue to teach us. And oftentimes that comes in pressure later in life. If we don't learn there, we still wants to teach us. And so we can sometimes have the same experiences which he's trying to get us to learn because we've never learned it the first time. That's how he's faithful to us at times. So when you stay in the pressure and you allow God to teach you in the midst of it, you can actually learn what he wants to teach us. And that's usually what's really important. I want to close out by just giving an example of two people in the New Testament that were in midlife. They're in this kind of period of their 40s and they have to decide what they were going to do. Again, I kind of painted the picture of what the church was like at this time. This is the first century Uh, Christianity is spreading, but there's a lot of opposition and people are having to really decide, like, is following Christ going to be the most important thing in my life? Because it could cost you your life. So, again, you're only going to endure for what you stand for. And so everyone's kind of really having to weigh the cost. Is this important enough to lay my life on the line? And Paul, who we've read a lot about at Church in the Valley, and you may have read a lot of it. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was really this church planner that helped start the spread of Christianity. And he understood persecution. He understood suffering. And so one of his goals was to encourage men and women that were in their life experiencing the pain, experiencing the suffering, encouraging them to, to hang in there. And there's two, two men that, that he built into, that he discipled. That he said, here, I want to teach you so after I'm gone, you can continue the work that I've started. And these two men were Timothy and Demas. And what you find is from both these men, there were two different approaches to how they dealt with the pressure. The first, Timothy, sets an example of how to endure until the end. This is what Timothy did. This morning I was reading about Timothy's life and he was martyred. He was murdered for being a Christ follower. He lost his life uh, in about A.D. 97. The city that he was in, they were worshiping false gods, and he decided to stand. He says, what you're doing is worthless. It's meaningless. You can't worship a God that doesn't exist. Worship the living God. And there's testimony of this account in that they, they were so enraged by the fact that he stood against what was important to them that they, they took him and they killed him. He was later in life, but throughout his life, he endured again and again. And a lot of this comes from some encouragement that Paul gave to him. And so as I kind of close out the service, these are the main principles that we can learn from Scripture of how to endure. So if you're in your 40s and you're in the middle of this and this really rings true to you, I encourage you to take this to heart, to really think about what God's trying to do. If you're in your 20s and your 30s, you're kind of approaching this stage Kind of learn what are the things that you really need to lay in your foundation. And what are some of these principles that you can apply to the things that you're facing right now, whatever problems they are. And if you're past your 40s, I want to encourage you, who are some people that are facing this right now that that you can encourage? Because you've been there. And so here's some principles. First thing that Paul told Timothy, find strength in God's grace. When you experience the fire of life, You have to find strength in God, not our own resolve, not our own strength, not our own plan. It has to come 
in God's grace. And the only way you can find strength in God's grace is if you choose to live for God and make him the boss of your life. He has to have control of your life. And that's where the grace is found. But he goes on in 2 Timothy 2.1. He says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You be strengthened by his grace. Then he goes on and he, he tells Timothy, remember, you're, you're not alone. This has a couple implications. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So that I remember you're not alone is do not endure in isolation. Do not encounter the things that are weighing on you and try to survive the fire by yourself. Instead, come along others that can encourage you and you can encourage. So there's the idea of not only are you supposed to endure in a group of people, but you're also realizing that you're living your life in the midst of others as well. And so what you hold on to and what you show what's important, people are watching. If you bail, others can bail. And that's, that's a fact. People are watching. And then he goes on. Stay focused and don't bail out. And he gives three analogies for this. It's a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Okay? He says this. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So he's saying a soldier prepares for battle. Do you think soldiers have to endure battle? Yeah. When is a battle over? When there's no more fighting. Can a soldier who's tired say, hey guys, um... Let's, let's take like a five minute water break, water break, water break. No, it's the battle. You are enduring until it's over. You can't stop fighting. And he goes on to athlete. If you're an athlete and you've ever competed for something and you've trained for something and you've worked hard for an athletic competition, you do that. You endure the pain because of the goal to win, to compete, to do your best. There's pain in training, but you do it for what you're trying to accomplish. And then the farmer. Now, I've never been a high powered athlete and I've never fought, but I have planted grass before. So I can relate to the farmer the most. But the farmer, you plant seeds and you do all the work and you water and you fertilize and you pull weeds. You don't know what's going to grow. And it's hard work. It's backbreaking work. You have to endure that. Why? Because of what you hope will plant up. That's the 40s. It's a battle. You're training and competing. You're holding on. And you're hoping that fruit will come out from it. But you don't know. And if you bail out, you never find out. Because the promise is God rewards either in this life or the next as we meet him eternally. In heaven with him. If you decide to follow him, you meet him and he gives you a reward for being faithful. That's what God does. But if you bail out, you really miss the things that God wants to give you. So the opposite example is Demas. Now, Demas and Timothy were friends. They were trained by Paul. They had the same kind of training background. They had the same experiences. They really had the same opportunities to follow Jesus with everything in their life and to grow the church, 
to continue the example of what Paul did, but Demas did not. In fact, he bailed out. And so he's really an example to avoid. And there's really two main passages where you can see this play out. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time in it. But in Philemon 23 and 24, it says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. This is Paul talking. Paul discipled both Timothy and Demas. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. So he was a worker. He was helping the ministry move forward. So you see that Demas had a role in helping the church grow. He was involved in ministry. He was a go-to guy. He was a fellow worker. He was getting things done. But in 2 Timothy 4.10, you find the account of his life. And Paul is writing in chains as a prisoner arrested for his faith. And he says this, For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Deserted me is basically a strong word which represents bailed and left me all alone. And so really it stands at the crossroads. The 40s are an opportunity to ask God to help us to endure like a soldier, like an athlete, like a farmer. That allows God to burn off some of the things that he wants us to learn. And to bring fruit to some of the things that we've started planting earlier in life. And so I want to encourage you, no matter where you are, whether you're before this stage or after this stage, this is a good opportunity to kind of ask yourself, what, what is really the most important for me? What am I actually willing to endure for? When the heat gets turned up in my life, what is it that I will just stand for no matter what? And you have to decide, is that the priority of the kingdom of God? Or is it something else? So just ask God to kind of show you that. As I, as I wrap up the service, there's some next steps that I encourage you to take. And each week we do this as just a way of, of saying, okay, based on what I've heard and based on what God's kind of doing in my own life, here's how I can take this and, and apply it. And so uh, there's, there's two specific things as, as the band comes up. The first is pray for blank. This isn't like a, just name your own prayer. It's actually pray for a person. If there's a person that you're relating to that are in their 40s or they're experiencing fire and you know that they are just trying to stay under it. The heat is up. The pressure is on. If you know somebody, write their name down and make it a point this week to pray for them. I encourage you to do that. They, they need your prayer. The second is share with someone about a fire you are walking through. If you're experiencing some things... And the heat is turned up in your own life and you're alone in that. As a church, we want to help you with what you're facing. As a church, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. So if you're in the fire and you just feel burned and you're kind of on the verge of bailing. Please let us know. We, we would love to help you wherever you are. And the last is if there's just a next step that God's laid on your heart, there's a blank that you can put in there. Let's pray together. And then after I'm done, we're going to sing back to God, and then receive our offering. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the grace that you give us. And grace is really the, the idea that no matter what we've done, um, we can't earn favor with you. And so in this just stage of life, as people are increasing in their responsibilities and in the, the pressures of life, and as the heat gets turned up, it's so easy to want to just work harder and 
do things ourselves and try to solve our own problems. But God, we are in desperate need of you and your help. And so I, I pray for those right now in this room that are going through some fires, that are experiencing pressure that they've never experienced before. God, will you give them your strength and courage and allow them to rest in you and to endure? And God, we we lift them up and, and ask God that all of us in the things that we're facing will be willing to ask you what you want to teach us and not just looking for the immediate relief. So we we pray that you'll really help us uh, in our hearts to do that. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.